I'm Linda Van Falkenberg. And I'm Ron Gore. And, and you're listening, listening to, to the, the Co Parent Academy, Academy Podcast. Podcast. This next one is kind of complicated. I feel like there's a lot going on in the subtext of this one. And the title of this Reddit post is Child's Dad is Depressed. Since the father of my child confided that he's depressed, the thing is, we're not together, and a lot has transpired over the past year in his life. On one note, I do want to empathize with him, but it conflicts with my emotions and also the well-being of our child. He strongly believes that child support will hurt him, but I personally don't wish to communicate with him because he's constantly yelling and only chooses to put himself first. I don't wish to question his mental health because I believe it's real, but also based on my past experience, he could be playing a card like that to have me not continue with child support proceedings. He wants to work through our issues and be a family, and I've told him we can see how we feel after child support and custody is settled, a.k.a. uh-uh. That's not happening. Mm -hmm. uh, it should not be an issue since we both intend to put our child first, but then he cries and I feel horrible. My dad, who is a retired judge, believes he is also playing games, but traditionally they've never seen eye to eye. Would not be awful to insist on settling custody and child support while he does therapy or better yet, sever communication with the exception of our attorneys. That post is all over the place. <laughs> I'm glad you thought so, too. I was like, no, wait a minute. Oh, no, wait a minute. <laughs> There's so much there in different directions. Um, clearly, this mom wants nothing to do with the dad. Right. And sounds like maybe she's giving him mixed messages. Well, if her communication about how she feels to him is similar to how she wrote it in the post, then I think there has to be some mixed messages. Right. Or at least... At least some false trails. Right. Where he thinks he can see some road to walk right. down when it's not there. Um, okay. So the short answer is get child support and custody settled. Right. That's with, with no promises of tomorrow after that. Right. To be together. Yes. Right. You just, you get that resolved because that will take a lot of the uncertainty out. And lots of times right. conflict is premised on uncertainty and unsettled expectations. And maybe even his depression in, in some ways. It, it's, you know, divorce is a grief process, as we've mm -hmm. talked about many times. And you, you can't really start to grieve if you are still holding out hope that things can get back together. So in a weird sort of way, it could be helpful for him if it's done correctly. Right. And he, he really may be very manipulative in this because it sounds like, I mean, it, it's hard to tell. I'm just being a, a jerk about this, I guess. It's hard to tell. I mean, if you're having this conversation about child support and then he starts crying. That particular issue. Yes. You know, if yeah. he, if he was crying because he misses her and their family, that's one thing. But if you, really pull out the tears just while we're talking child support. And that was an interesting line. He strongly believes that child support will hurt him. Okay. Hurt his pocketbook or hurt him how? Yeah, I'm assuming hurt his pocketbook. The um and you know, if he is depressed and maybe it's affecting his work, 
as she said that a lot has transpired over the past year in his life. So maybe he's out of work. Maybe they're imputing income to him. You know, maybe he's doesn't have the money. Maybe he's afraid of going to jail if he doesn't pay. Right. If her dad's a retired judge, I imagine um, he's getting the what for a mm-hmm. little bit on this. Right. So my thought is it never helps anyone to leave things in limbo. Right. That is the worst place for both of these people to be because. Emotionally, financially, every other way. Right. And on both sides of it, whether you have the upper hand or not. Right. So she's, she's taking on more. Let's say that she's approaching this in a really well-natured way that she's, you know, not being duplicitous in any way and how she's describing this, that she's not intending to give him mixed signals. She's taking on a responsibility that she shouldn't have to have and trying to be the arbiter of whether or not he should pay child support or whether to give in to his requests or whether to even consider to get back with him. She should have the ability and the freedom to say, no, it's not my job right now. We're going to get this order entered. We're both going to follow the orders that the court puts in place. That's going to give us both some stability. We can get some distance from the emotional impact of the separation. Right. And then we can reassess how we both feel and where we both are down the road. Well, and it will bode well for the future for their communication as well, that they do it in a business-like way. That That's the business of the marriage and former relationship. That last one is so interesting. The last sentence was, would I be awful to insist on settling custody and child support while he does therapy or better yet, sever communications with the exception of our attorneys or better yet? I mean, so she clearly has no interest in having communication with him. And if that's the way she feels, if in her mind that's better yet, then yeah, maybe do that. Give him a chance to get himself stabilized. But she's not in charge of him getting therapy. Right. And unless the court has ordered a psyche eval, if his depression, has he been hospitalized? Has he threatened suicide? As you know, there, there may be some extenuating factors there that we don't know about that he needs some assessment and needs to be seen, um, perhaps for medication or therapy. And that would affect whether or not, like she said, um, you know, the well-being of the child. And so, you know, that may be a component of it that either has or has not been done at this point. Yeah. And there's the undercurrent of abuse in here, too. I'm sure you picked mm-hmm. up on all the things I picked up on. The constantly yelling. and Constantly yelling and switching to crying and making her feel bad and then wanting to get back together. And it's probably why the retired judge thinks he is right. manipulating her. Not his first rodeo. Right. There's the, yeah. the cycle of violence is right. uh, pretty well writ through this thing. Right. And it's another thing that I see frequently, like she says, uh, I do want to empathize with him. Um, frequently, the ex-spouses or partners of people who do have mental health issues will find themselves continuing to be pulled into a caretaking role, sometimes even years after the divorce is final. So it's especially prevalent during this particular separation time. So what would you say to this lady? I would pull back on being his caretaker. 
be kind in any of your correspondence and so forth, but uh, make it a business-like transaction for now. Um, let him know you would love for him to seek help. Um, if he has previously had a therapist or whatever, recommend he get back in to see that person. But unless you're going to take it to the extent of the court knowing where he does stand psychologically at the moment and the visitation being built around that, then um, just distance herself in terms of, you know, don't be giving him so much empathy that he thinks you still want to be there when you clearly don't. And so, um, you know, issues of child support, custody, anything else um, need to be settled between the attorneys. And I think she needs to step back from that. Yeah. And I guess the last thing that I would, if she were my client, what I would tell her is you're putting yourself in the role of being the manager of this extended family unit now with separated parent and child. And that means that you are going to be ultimately held to account for how you managed Mm -hmm. that organization. Mm -hmm. And so you can't just, it's not, it's not usually helpful to just sever communications with the exception of the attorneys, unless there's actual abuse. Right. And then you might have a protective order and a PC in place. Right. But if she's going to be in charge, then she needs, like you said, to be professional, courteous, communicative, you know, all of the ways that we talk about and co-parent academy, making sure that she upholds the the types of principles that we talk about, use the communication protocols that we discuss, um, because that way she can do well the business of managing this separated family unit. But not having to manage his mental health issues. Right. So it's, it's like working, it's like being in charge of an organization. You're not going to the person's home to make sure they took their medication to make sure right. they washed their clothes. But when they come into the workplace, right. then you make sure that things are adequately done and you've got your HR protocols in place. Right. And she basically needs to do the same thing. And she's probably been managing all that for him for a long time. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to leave questions, comments, or concerns, please email podcast at coparentacademy.com. And please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen.